making people understand that what they've done in the past, like as far as their whole life story up to here, if they're not happy with it, it's never too late to change it. I'm extremely passionate about helping corporate professionals transition into entrepreneurship. So I had to share the one thing, the number one thing that helped me develop as an entrepreneur, and that's the morning meetup. I joined the morning meetup specifically for the structure because I'm, I'm leaving corporate America, so I'm used to those morning huddles. We got our sales, we know what our goals are, and we get our day started. So I was missing that for two years before I even found the morning meetup. Now, the second thing that I really, really benefited from was the revenue, revenue generating activity was not necessarily a thing before 2021. Now I had my LLC, I had my website, I had a few clients here and there, but the momentum really took off as soon as I got around like-minded individuals and people who really knew the struggles that I was already dealing with that I could get over my fear of sales and communicating my value and putting myself out there on social media. The friends that I've developed, the mentors and the mentees that I've, that I've created relationships with, Everything has really created this environment for us to thrive as entrepreneurs. So if you want to develop as an entrepreneur, you're leaving corporate America and you're trying to figure out how do I get my footing in entrepreneurship, then the morning meetup will definitely be a game changer for you. You can learn with us. You can grow with us. And I didn't even mention that we have a book club. Join us in the community. Let's get started today. You will not regret it. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play podcast. I'm your host, Ariel, and I have a really Really special guest today, Mr. Marlon Walls. How are you? Doing wonderful. I'm so excited to be here tonight. Listen, me too. We had to seize the moment. <laughs> when, sure. the, when the opportunity presents itself, you cannot miss it. So I had to on, on the couch. Now, the cool thing about it is we're both a part of the morning meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both get a chance to wake up to each other right. every single day. I swear it's like class, though. It's like you go, you wake up every day, see the same people, see the same people in your class. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Just Facts. And then just listen to the teacher the rest of the way. So, and when you see each other in person, it's like, I know, I know you. That, I know that person. It's not, I'm not. You're not a stranger. Yeah, sure. it's straight up family. So, uh, without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So, I guess I'll first start off the way I do in the morning meetup every day. I run a five star experience with people through rental cars, teach others find entrepreneurs how to achieve financial freedom by doing the same. I guess to uh, take a backstory though, like my name is Marlon Walls. I guess I was an engineer by day, I'm a mechanical engineer and um, started transitioning to entrepreneurship. So now I got into the rental car space. And one thing we pride ourselves in is the five-star experience because we understand that people are not running out, out just your car as a commodity. They, we can actually rent them an experience in total. So mm-hmm. the experience is what's going to keep people coming back and make people refer you to other people, refer you to their friends, their family, and things like that. So that's, that's where that comes from, the five-star experience part. Mm, so it's kind of like more like taking pride in the rental car experience where a lot of people it's just the revenue play you guys are more so pushing the experience as mm-hmm. opposed to like just any old rental car right because we say this all the time that anybody can rent out a car mm-hmm. like we're not just doing that when we were when you come to us you're coming for the experience it's like going to chick-fil-a versus mcdonald's both of them are going to give you a a sandwich or they're going to give you a, a your food mm-hmm. but you're going to get an experience along with going to chick-fil-a yep. you're going to get my pleasure you're going to get uh yes yes ma'am thank yous all that they're going to give you a certain level of experience they're gonna make you feel important while you're there right and that's going to make you want to come back to them even though you may spend more money with them mm, i feel it 100 percent. so when it comes to your experience what are some of the like levels of success you've seen in in like rent in the rent, rental car space that a lot mm-hmm. of us don't even know us, us regulars? Um, I can just talk about my experience here. Like when I got into the car here today, 
I looked, I just started comparing how um, the hosts um, presented their card to me versus how I, how I would have presented that same card to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So like the first thing I pointed out was that we never give a car away without a full tank of gas. Mm. The car today had three quarters of a tank. Now I was saying I'm not talking down on dude or anything. Like it was, actually, he has a, um, a five star um, rating, rating for himself. Yeah, so mm -hmm. overall five stars. He's a good dude. But I just noticed that there's levels to the five stars as well. Like everybody, like there's levels to everything. So I know for a fact people are going to come to pe people have less left reviews for us that says I'm not running from nobody else on the platform. If I'm running out on, on Turo, I'm running out from Marlin because their experience is top notch. And that's the, what we're always going after. So that's kind of um, the center that we set for ourselves. And I know there's people that we can continue to learn from, too, because yeah. we're always learning. Like, how can we continue to deliver that ex experience? How can we continue to innovate within our business? So we're always looking to learn more as well from other people. Absolutely. And how many cars do you have right now? Because I remember a TikTok you <laughs> shared. You had the whole little, like you were yeah. like rare occasion, mm -hmm. and then you show all the all the cars. So at this point, how many cars do you have? So we have eleven now. We um, what? <laughs> yeah, we purchased um, twelve in total this year. Well, not this year. We purchased twelve in total since we started. We actually purchased eleven this year. Okay. One was so we had our one last year, and then we purchased eleven this year. And we sold two, and we also got a, our first joint venture last month. With what? Like, how did, can you talk about that? Yep. So a joint venture, that's essentially when somebody um, that sees us running our business, mm -hmm. they want a partner. Like somebody says, okay, I don't know how to run the business, but I know that you know how to run it, and I have a car that I want to run out on Turo. Got it. I don't know how to do it myself, so can we partner up together where you, I give you my car mm -hmm. So like for them. For them. Uh, they give me their car. And we run, we put into our business, and we run, we run uh, their car through our business, like we run out their car for them. Yeah, we pay them a passive check per month. Got it. And That's so, a nice business. Yep. So now they don't have to do any other work. All mm -hmm. they do is provide provide a car to us, mm -hmm. and we're able to, and they're able to make passive income just like that. Yeah, I did something like that when I was in Airbnb, like. Um, I, someone already had the the lease to an apartment and I basically just rented it out. And on their end, they just got upside. They didn't mm -hmm. have to worry about anything. Exactly. Um, and on my side, it was all the headaches. So yes, yeah, so, and that that's the that's the big benefit of it is that you don't go through any other headache. You don't have to clean the car ever. You don't have to worry about what what um how the person brings the car back. Like some people may smoke in a car. Mm -hmm. Some people like you may get a flat tire. You don't have to fix anything. Nothing but collecting a check at the end of the month. Because y'all get to take care of that. Correct. Now, what made you go into the the um, Turo space? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. So that would take you back to the story, though, because mm -hmm. <laughs> you start getting into it now. Um, we so I guess going back, me and I have a podcast. Well, I, first of all, I have a podcast called Money Monopolizers. Mm -hmm. We've been running that podcast for about two years, um, two, I guess almost two and a half years now. And the goal of it was like to teach people about financial literacy, teach people like the things that we are not taught growing up in schools and in our households, mm. especially for people that look like us that Facts. are coming like, coming in through high school or through college, going to the real world for the first time and not knowing the most basic things about how to live life financially. Yeah. So we were teaching them basic financial literacy, businesses that you can get started up in. Primarily, we start off in real estate, but um, we had started interviewing different guests on the podcast. We talked to several business owners. One of them was a guy who um, did the rental car business. And so this might have been like back in, I don't know, March. I don't know, like I would say like midway through 2019. 
Okay. During that time, I, I was at Purdue. I was at I was uh, in, in getting my master's degree in mechanical engineering. So during that time, I was like, I can't start anything right now because I got to write a thesis. I got to go to class. I got homework to do. And we were still doing real estate at the same time. I said, there's no way I'm about to add, add that to my plate. Yeah. And we were just hearing business after business that where people were able to build six figure businesses. Mm-hmm. People were able to be full time entrepreneurs. And we're like, wow. There's so much to life beyond just engineering, beyond just yeah. um, like real estate. Like there's different ways that we can b- build well, well, like build our income up a little bit faster than uh, transition from entrepreneurship and then par- put our money into like long term assets like real estate. Mm-hmm. So I was like, once I'm done at Purdue, I was <laughs> I said I used to say it out every day. I cannot wait to be done. Not because Purdue was bad, but because I knew that where I was going was different. So once I leave Purdue. I'm going to start some type of business. Mm-hmm. I know rental cars is one of them, but I got like nine more on the on back, on the um, long side. Mm-hmm. Not even going to back burner, on the front burner. I'm starting all of them. I want everything. That's what your mindset This is my mentality. I'm getting into <laughs> something and I'm starting as soon as I get back. So in July of 2020, got the got our rental. No, it wasn't. Just, so I was looking around to see what, can, what I want to get into. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I, we had heard so many different people on a podcast that I was like, okay, I'm going to start stock options. I'm about to get a <laughs> rental car. Mm-hmm. I got me a mobile home. We got another, we got um, some rental properties. Mm. Um, I'm about to start a pest control business. I want to get, to get tow trucking. I got an app going. I'm doing t-shirts. So I'm telling you every last one of those things I just named, I did all, try to do all of them yeah. in 2020. How many of them are lasting now? Only real estate and uh, rental cars. Okay, gotcha. Still do real estate. Mm-hmm. Rental cars, that's that's the primary focus, though. So we got the one rental car uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we only had one, because mm-hmm. I was trying, I was diverted into way too many different things. Got it. And so we got that one rental car. It worked very well for us. We just put it on hire car at the time. We didn't even know. We, I think we didn't really know about Turo that much. Or like I, I don't think I was as fond of Turo because I hadn't used the platform as a host. Mm. And I knew that hire car got longer term renters. So that's the platform I, I veered toward back then. Okay. And then in December of, um, oh, I guess January of 2021 is when I decided, well, got to got into the morning meetup. Dave was like, I think he had just talked about a sermon. He did like a, um, a conversation about focusing and how people in entrepreneurship want to divert into everything and they never build up anything substantial. He said that he cut off a str- like a six figure stream of income to focus in on one thing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I got one mobile home over there. <laughs> I, these t-shirts, I only sold two. <laughs> so they, it's not even hard to cut off these businesses. Right, it's like, like a process of so, elimination. It was like, which one we can, I got this, the rental car going with my dad. That's a- actually successful so far. So yeah. I, in 2021, let's lock in on rental cars. And I said, we need to get 10 cars by the end of this year. We had 10 cars by July. Hey, listen, so. <laughs> that's what happened when you said goals. Exactly. Okay, so one more thing on the tour road, um, and we got to get into your journey. But so for those of us who don't know what type of revenue you can actually see when you go into a tour business, mm-hmm. like from one car compared to 11, I'm sure there's a difference in like oh, revenue. Yeah. But like, what's the, I guess, <laughs> range of income that a person could actually make? Um, if this was a part of like their side gig or mm-hmm. a part of their like full time entrepreneur. So there's varying degrees on like how much you can make from the business. And it really depends on the type of car that you can get in your market, not mm. the type of car you want, but mm. the type of car you can get. Mm-hmm. Because every market would not demand the same amount, the same car. You can't get a Lamborghini and 
And like, let's say Nebraska, for instance, nothing against Nebraska, but they're not going to be as mainstream as like in Atlanta yeah. or Miami or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the Lambos may go out, go out like crazy out here in Atlanta, but not everywhere. So $20 right, exactly. <laughs> So I would say for us, where we are in Houston, we like to target economy cars because a lot of people like to travel into Houston as mm-hmm. a tourist attraction, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily looking for like the higher end cars unless they're like in a specific pockets in Houston. Okay. So economy cars usually do real well, and those bring in for us around a thousand a month each. So to multiply that over ten, now we're looking at five figure uh, income months just from the rental cars. Not bad. Yeah. And then, what's the typical cost on a on a on a vehicle? It really depends on the current situation in the market. Like right now, used cars are a little bit higher because of the fact that there are a lack of new cars. It's all about supply and demand. Mm. But um, I would say like our car notes based on it's also based on your personal credit. Or your business credit, like whatever interest rate you can get with the cars, that's going to really dictate like the car note that you may have mm. and if you put down down payment. So it really can range based on all of those varying factors. Okay. But we like to um, our current numbers, like we like to we know that we can bring in around a thousand a month for a car. We don't want our car notes to be anywhere above. 350 like that's typically like a number that we like to look at yeah take that's and, 650 you get to take back correct and mm-hmm. um what's it called um it, it usually varies like really most of them are not not that high most of them are, for us are like around the 220 range mm. and but like some of we have pushed up a little bit higher uh just because uh, like we wanted to get more cars back then mm-hmm. but like um right now i would say that we're really looking to do more joint ventures because um, we just want to start, continue to expand that way rather than just leveraging just what we are, what we're doing. Like mm-hmm. just with our personal credit, me and my dad, we're looking to like start expanding to like having more people that, that can uh, help us grow our fleet while we help them grow, get passive income as well. Yeah, that's who not how, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I wonder how many books we're going to refer to while we on this cast. <laughs> For sure. I think it's what's dope is like... Um, I feel like we can gauge our our growth based on the book that we started. I know mm-hmm. you were in the morning meetup before me because I remember. Um, when did you come in? No. In January, really? I think you were in in. De- I feel like you were either in November or December. December, am I right? it's like December twentieth or something. Because you were talking about, you were probably one of the first voices I heard where um, we were reading uh, "Richest Man in Babylon," mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just kind of remembering your voice and like getting into the groove and seeing how everything was going. I think I got the PDF. That was the only book I ever got. Because y'all, y'all, the word is shitty. Y'all shitted on everybody with the PDF. (laughs) Oh, they not playing. Let me go ahead. I never bought the PDF after that. I mean, I didn't buy it. It was just a link in the chat. So... Um, that can be a whole topic in itself. Because we're trying to teach people how to be readers in the the group. Like, because... You know, there's a saying that says, if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. Put it in a book. Because of the fact that we just, we'll go buy a new flat screen TV, but won't go buy a book that will change our life. Facts. Yeah. So So I feel like we're coming, we're becoming something that we've never seen before. No doubt. And um, the reason I'm even mentioning that is because you've had a whole life before um, Turo, right? It's only been so, it's only been um, um, about a year that you've been like successful in the business, right? Mm-hmm. So, and before that, mechanical engineering at Purdue. <laughs> like, first of all, I didn't know we shared the fact that we were both in like in school and in entrepreneurship at the same time. Yes, because your girl has been struggling, mm-hmm. like struggling. <laughs> um, but you have a whole like career. You have a whole journey before that. So, when you were younger, like, what did young Marlon want to be? 
Mm. I will be as, as transparent as possible. Young Marlon didn't know what he wanted to be. Young Marlon knew what he was knew some things that he was good at. Mm-hmm. I was good at math, probably really really good at math, science, and I enjoyed working with my hands. But I never knew where I wanted to be. Reason I found it, well picked engineering was just process of elimination. Gotcha. Not necessarily saying this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest things that I talk about is understanding that kids are not going to know what they want to be if they don't ever have the experiences. Yeah. Only reason I knew I like working with my hands is because in high school we took a class called construction tech where I was able to like it's like a wood shop class. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh, I like building stuff. I didn't would not have known that without the experience. So having the expectation that a kid is supposed to know what they want to do when they grow up, what they want to be. It's very unrealistic if you haven't given them any experiences to, to figure that out. That's a fact. So engineering was something that it was a good answer. And that's kind of what led me to going into engineering is because when somebody says, what do you want to be? Oh, a mechanical engineer. Oh, yeah, that's a great, that's a great field to get into. I like just hearing that response more than anything else. Mm. And at least I feel like I have some sense of figuring out what I want to be when I grow up. And I just went that route. But I would tell you that I did not know like the... You know, when I, like the, the job that I worked, as far as like the job description, mm-hmm. I had not been exposed to that particular thing. So I was a, a mechanical design engineer. Okay. The designing portion of it, I wasn't exposed to that until junior year of, of college. Okay. So all that's age 20, probably. I've never, I would not, like, I did not see the, the actual thing that I like doing within engineering until age 20. Okay. So it was very... It just took a lot of it took a level of exposure because I took a class that that involved a little bit of like the it's called CAD computer aided computer aided drafting mm-hmm. where you uh, like can model up whatever you want to, whatever you want to like you want to model up like this piano over here for instance you mm-hmm. can model that up and then you can like make make a prototype of it like three D printing and then you can actually go go get it built mm-hmm. that was interesting to me because now I can go from an idea over to the actual creation of the of that particular idea so. I really like that concept. Didn't know that in high school, though. You didn't know that in high school, but the the field, like the buzzword of like mechanical engineers, what like I used to have a homegirl who would be like, "I want to be a bi- uh, marine biologist," mm-hmm. right? And, and it was just the the you know the prestige that comes with it. They were like, "Oh, she's going to be a smart and that's person." It. So I get that. It resonates, right? Um, and then you get to college, and of course we don't get to our master's classes, and we don't get to our major classes until like junior exactly. year. Exactly. So you find out, okay, well, this is a part of engineering that I liked, right? Mm-hmm. So before then, you said you knew what you were good at. Yep. So how were you like an active explorer? You said you weren't really, you know, you didn't really experience a lot. So like, what did you know about who you were at the time? I was very so this is one thing I learned about myself is that I'm very consistent and disciplined in what I'm doing at that time. Mm-hmm. That can so I would say the first piece of consistency that I uh, realized well the first time I realized I was really good at consistency and being disciplined was back um, in seventh grade. So I guess backstory on that too. My dad, um, he we all moved from Detroit to Texas when I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Sixth grade, my dad wanted me to be in football because football is king in Texas. And I didn't want to be in football because football was not something we did in Detroit. And it was I was a very little skinny kid and I had no, <laughs> no desire or aspiration to do that. I was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I, and so he put me in, in football in sixth grade. I was like, nah, I'm about to play with this grass on the sideline instead. Seventh grade, didn't play on a, on a school team. 
And this is when my dad told me, every night before you go to bed, do two sets of 25 push-ups and sit-ups. Okay. And every week, just add one. Like I said, this is the first time I realized that I was consistent and disciplined because for the next four years straight into junior high, junior year of high school, added one every day, every week. How many did you get up to? Three sets of 115 every night before I went to bed. Three sets of 115 push-ups. And sit-ups. So just, I'm talking, and I had it down to a T. 9, 12 p.m., I finished at 9, 30. 18 minutes it took. Are you serious? Every single night. So you developed this consistency, this discipline. Mm -hmm. You weren't really interested in football. At the time, you knew you were interested in the buzzword of like engineering. Mm -hmm. But like, what if you were if you were to like sneak around and do something? <laughs> what was that thing that you were doing? Mm, I'll tell you. So one thing, I'm not very explorative. Like, wow. uh, like I would never like try to seek it out. Like I said, mm -hmm. I was good at focusing in on what I was doing at that time because mm -hmm. I like even in college, I was a 4.0 student cumulative. So every semester, I was a 4.0 student. Mm -hmm. And that was in engineering physics. This is back in undergrad when I was uh, in engineering physics. I think I said that. You did what you had to do. So I'm I, whatever you put me into, I would, I'm just going to lock in and do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what opens doors for me more so, more so than anything else. Mm -hmm. Rather than me saying, I see where I want to go and I'm going to backtrack uh, to figure out what I need to be doing today. I was never that person at the time. Mm. I would always say, I'm going to do what I need to do today. And the next door will be revealed to me afterwards because yeah. I'm going to just focus in on right now. Yeah. So I could lock in on whatever I was doing at that moment really well. Mm -hmm. But I, I, what I lacked was the bigger picture of seeing where, where, I need to, where, I, where am I trying to go and then letting that dictate my activity today. Yeah. So when, did, when would you say that lever? Because sometimes I feel the same way. I'm a bit of, like, I'll envision kind of where I want to go. Mm -hmm. But I'm very much more like, let me just be in the moment. I'll run the play all day. Right, it's, exactly. If you tell me what the play is, I will run it. Um, that's my personality, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I probably learned that. Well, I think I probably learned that sometime around twenty-four. When did you learn that about yourself, and when did you start leveraging it for your good? I would say that I I know I can leverage it for my good, but I wanted to, I saw that as a weakness for me as well. Like mm. in the in the sense that as an entrepreneur in part, particular. I need to know where I'm going in order to dictate my today's activity. And I will say, I literally just had that revelation a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I've now, I've, it's been progressive throughout this year, but I had a big revelation this past couple of weeks when it came to um, setting like goals as an entrepreneur. Because um, doing like what I was doing before, saying that I'm just going to do activity today and hope that produces a result for tomorrow mm -hmm. that is not the way to go as an entrepreneur because mm -hmm. of the fact that and if you want to if you want to hit like revenue if you want to hit a certain amount of revenue for a month mm -hmm. you can't just say okay i'm gonna just go sell 10 t-shirts and hopefully i make a thousand dollars right like that doesn't work like that you need to say i want to make a thousand dollars and then backtrack to figure out how, what is the average cost of a t-shirt mm -hmm. and that let that tell you how many shirts do i need to sell within this month to hit my thousand dollars that's the difference between um, setting what's called a revenue goal versus setting an activity goal. Mm -hmm. Revenue goal is going to dictate your activity versus your activity dictating your revenue. Marlon, <laughs> the fact that you just said that, you now I understand how you have seen such great success in Toro. Once you got the play, 
you recognize what the revenue goal was, mm-hmm. the activity that it took to get Turo up there, and you just machined it out. <laughs> I could just see you banging it out. Like, you just like, and it's do it. Your notes are fine. <laughs> like, okay, okay. So I'm all over the place, but you, you seem to take to structured roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about the fact that you have kind of made a name for yourself when it comes to notes, what drove you to do that part about the morning meeting? Like what, when did you just say, you know what, I'm about to like bust out every single one of these notes. I think these stories are going to be off the wall for y'all. <laughs> first of all, nobody knows that I'm like a note taker besides the morning meetup. Really? And so I'm like, I... You didn't sell your notes while you were in college? No. Like nobody, no, nobody sees me as a note taker but the morning meetup, just to be honest. So that small section of the world is, knows me as a note taker. Yeah, yeah. Anything, anybody outside of them knows me as something else based on what they've seen me throughout my journey. Mm. But... The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's going to take community and it's going to take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now, let's get back to the episode. First of all, I was, my granny taught me how to type when I was really young. That was one thing about it. So I, I never forget the day where she was had the, the, the fat back computer, like the, the, the whole prehistoric yes, one. Yes. She was looking at me and she had said A S D F G H. I was like, and you not even looking at the screen? Oh shoot, yo! I want to do that. But my granny, she knew how to type without even looking. Like so, she ended up teaching me how to type when I was really young, and I don't know, I was probably like seven at the time to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I was at least credit a lot of my typing skills to that but i would credit like me me in the morning meetup type like leaving notes that story is crazy too because i didn't start leaving the notes because well i didn't start taking notes because of the fact that i wanted to leave in front of everybody else i was taking the notes because i don't pay attention when people are talking mm. so i'm a very bad auditory learner or well, I, I have notoriously been a bad auditory learner in the past mm. like i would be listening to a message it would sound great and I'll just start randomly dozing off and thinking about something else. That's just how my brain works with that. Mm-hmm. So I need to either see words or I need to see like be like acting during like during those type of lessons. Yeah. So I was so me typing fast. I'll just be typing the notes, mm-hmm. and sometimes they would say something profound. I'm like, oh, that was good. Like copy that. Put that in the chat again. <laughs> I love it. And so put that in the, so I started doing that more frequently, yeah. and they're like, bro, Marlon leaving some fire notes. Thanks for leaving that. I'm like. Oh, yeah, I guess I can just like leave the notes in the chat for y'all. I don't mind. So it's like nothing for me. I just type it up anyway, just copy and paste it. And over time, that developed into Marlon's the note goat. <laughs> so Facts. that's really how it happened. It's funny because out of all the things that you've said so far, the interest that your grandmama was typing, you said granny. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, that's inter- granny for me. <laughs> yeah, the fact that granny was uh, text typing without looking it sparked an interest in you, mm-hmm. right? So when I think about the things that you're like good at, the things that you're exploring, that was one of those that wasn't pressed upon you, didn't necessarily have social value in it, it didn't mm-hmm. have prestige. You really were just kind of interested in it. Yeah. 
And that, I would say that, like I said, that's the experiences piece that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, kids have to experience things to figure out what they do and don't like. Mm-hmm. Like, I like type. I, I wouldn't say I'm like a passionate typer, but <laughs> I like um, what it can do, I guess, in a yeah. way. Like, I can um, type up something really, really quickly. I can, like, convey a message through typing it up. So, yeah, that's one thing. I was just interested in, like, how she was able to do that without looking and just being able to still convey that message. Same mm-hmm. thing with... And a mechanical design engineer, I just like going from that ideation through CAD modeling to mm-hmm. creation and like 3D printing or like actually cre- getting a piece um, created. So, yeah. And that just came through experiences of like seeing it for the first time and saying, oh, that's something that's pretty cool. Never saw it before. So I couldn't tell you that I liked it before, but now yeah. I see it. Mm, I got you. So what was your relationship with entrepreneurship growing up? Did, were your parents entrepreneurs? That's actually a good question because ironically my mom has always been an entrepreneur mm. um, my dad he uh, worked in, worked like a i guess a, really a six to six not no nine to five like he works 12 hours 12 hour shifts mm. but my mom she was in cosmetology so she does hair did hair for a living for 30 years straight she actually just retired from her nine to five a week before i did mine and that was so yeah i'm on uh, the same path together did you celebrate yeah. Oh yeah, so um, no, I mean she definitely celebrated. Like they gave her a whole like a going away party at her job and everything, like balloons and everything around her uh, mm-hmm. door and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was it was very rewarding because I think I might have had a lot of influence on that because when I left Purdue last last July, I ended up moving back with my parents because of the fact that I was looking for a house that I could live in to do what's called house hacking, where I would essentially get my mortgage paid for by like renting out my house as opposed to living in it and just like living in it by myself. Mm -hmm. So during that time, it was like a year's long span where I was just living with them. And over that, over the course of the majority of that time, um, they were just being exposed to like how I had developed personally while I was in, while I was getting my master's degree at Purdue. Cause I've been doing a lot of personal development, reading books, listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And when I got back there, like, yo, this dude is a whole different person now. That's like, amazing. man. And especially when I got to the morning meetup in December, the exp- it was exponential as far as like the mentality that I had, because I'm just, we're in there five days a week. Yeah. So I'm just learning every single day and I'm telling, teaching them new things about entrepreneurship and how I'm thinking today. And I think that really motivated my mom now to like want to pursue something different because she had been doing cosmetology for 30 years. Yeah. And um, she was also doing a called paparazzi. It's like a network marketing company that sells jewelry. Okay. And so she wants to pursue that now as opposed it really based on the pandemic because uh, the pandemic, she couldn't even go into her job anymore. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, now I need to do something else that doesn't require me like actually physically seeing people. If I, don't, if I don't need to. So she's always been an entrepreneur, but I never really clicked to me until like far later on when I was like, oh, I've been entrepreneurship this whole time in a way. Yeah. Like as far as like not working for somebody else, creating your own schedule. Yeah. So it definitely runs in our blood too. And that I didn't realize until like recently. That's funny. I think because when we grew up, I don't think entrepreneurship was like the buzzword yeah, as it is nah. now. Um, so it's, it's interesting, like the people who I know who have had entrepreneurs, um, as like parents or guardians somehow find their way to entrepreneurship and like, I never really knew that's what I was doing all this Mm -hmm. time. My mama was teaching me that. So you decided to go into work as a mechanical engineer. Yep. First of all, what was it like being a mechanical engineer? Like day to day, going to work, 
Did you, you found what you liked as a junior in school, but did you like the actual work on a day-to-day basis? So to be honest, I did. Mm. I really, so I can, I'm not going to be the story that says I hated my job. It's just that I think my purpose was different. Yeah. My purpose for the world was not necessarily to be an engineer. Like mm-hmm. I told you, I can do be, I think that that's one of my gifts is that I can pretty much do good at whatever I do, whatever I'm put into, mm-hmm. I'm going to do good in, in it by just giving my 100% effort. Mm-hmm. So engineering, I was, I enjoyed the work, especially because I found what I, I was doing, what I saw that I liked back in junior in college. I was doing that same thing, mechanical design, engineering work, but the passion wasn't necessarily there mm-hmm. as far as how it is for entrepreneurship and what and why, how I want to impact the world. Yeah. And so... I, like I said, I have no negative, nothing negative to say about what I was doing. It's mm-hmm. just that I just saw a greater purpose for my life. Mm, I feel you. But one of the things that you really speak about in, in your brand, right, is helping people reach that financial freedom. Mm-hmm. I think what happens a lot, though, is people are afraid. Yes, very much so. And what was cool about, so earlier in the morning meetup, um, you were speaking on um, a clubhouse talk. Mm-hmm. And there was an older woman who who raised her hand so you can answer her question, and she was like, "Okay, so for us older people, mm-hmm. like, what do we do? How do we change our, our our lives, right?" So as you found your purpose, is it easier for you to like speak this truth to folks who are our age, or do you find that like you you have clients of like all ages, and and people are like surpassing their fears and forgetting that whole like security job yeah. security thing what's been your experience in helping people That's in that a, that is a great question because i always intended on like helping out younger people but mm-hmm. i think i actually attract a lot of older people because mm-hmm. i think my, i have like a mature mentality compared to most people that's my age so i think older people actually are navigate towards me naturally and I think I get a lot of practice by talking to my parents, talking to my granny, mm-hmm. talking to my auntie. Mm-hmm. All the, like they have seen this transformation happen slowly but surely, and I've always been like communicating with them, telling them how how I'm thinking differently now. And I really have a passion for making people understand that what they've done in the past, like as far as their whole life story up to here, if they're not happy with it, it's never too late to change it. Because you may say that you're too old now, but what if you, so let's say you're 60 right now and you want to pursue something totally different. Who said you don't live until 100? That's 40 more years. I've only, the assistant that we, we've had in the rental car business or within entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. it's with, been within one year. Mm-hmm. So why can't at age 61 you be living the life that you want to live? Okay. What about 65? Give, you, give yourself five years of doing that. Now where are you ending up at? Because we, we, we see things as like, oh, it's too late. Yeah, he started at 25, so he got a long way to go. You can still live the life that you want to live, and it's it's all about you deciding that you want to do that. It's really that word of deciding is all it takes, and it's saying that I don't care what I've where I've been, I know where I'm going is going to be different, and I'm ready to become that person. Yeah, you talk about um, you know you you enjoyed your job, right? Um, but you also recognize that. Freedom mm-hmm. comes with you being able to just do things that you like more. You said that your your purpose is more so about helping people get that get to that freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So, what was it that you gained, and then what was it that you lost when you decided to leave corporate? That's another good question. I got to think. So, what do I gain? What I from leaving corporate? I gained a sense of 
responsibility on having to dictate my schedule and mm-hmm. having to dictate how I make income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is something that I haven't necessarily had to do before. Something that um, I had income coming in, but now I have now I am in, in full on control of what I do on a day to day basis, and I have to do that consistently every single day in order to continue to put bread on the table for myself. And what do I lose? Mm. I mean, I lose a stable income. <laughs> like I, I've been I get that same check coming in every two weeks. I remember, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. Now that first check didn't come in. I said, "Yep, it's real." <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's definitely real. Like it's not coming back. Now you now you see you have to find a way to put put money um, in your bank account every every two weeks. Were you afraid? I like that question a lot. I was not afraid at all. And I said if I was going to be afraid, it would have been way before the day I decided. That's because like over this year, I'm telling you, there was a whole evolution. If I, I would have been afraid in January of this year, I would have been afraid February of this year, even in June. But as this year continued to progress, I continue to get gain our information. I realized that there's so much, so many different avenues to create income for myself, and I've surrounded myself with all the right people. Yeah. That it's inevitable of where I'm going now. It's just a matter of time in between there and now. Mm-hmm. And so I know for a fact that things that have been that, that um, people are doing that it, it can work for myself. And I know based on my person, my personality, like I said earlier. Whatever I'm put into for long enough, if I just keep on going with it, I'm going to be one of the best in it. Yeah. And that's just how I've always been able to operate. And I said, this is going to be no different. And lastly, I know that I'm following my purpose as a or my purpose and God's purpose for my life, as opposed to doing something that I just did by process of elimination. Super logical. Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't that like literally that would be super logical. But the cool thing about it is you got a chance to explore a lot of things, one of mm-hmm. which is your podcast. Yes. You were in the podcast space kind of, you know, earlier than the, the current buzz. Mm-hmm. Shoot, way before I got into the podcast yeah. game, right? And I remember um, I subscribed, like, the first time I, I found out you had one, because I do, I do Spotify. Um, and I just thought it was really cool, like, the whole artwork and everything. What was it back then that sparked your interest in starting a podcast? So it wasn't my interest at all, because at that time, I was in... I was in grad school. I was at Purdue. Mm-hmm. And me and my podcast co-hosts, we've been friends, for, first of all, ever since seventh grade. Mm. So we grew up together. We were always both competitive. We both um, like like wanted to be the best at whatever we did. And so we both went to college three and a half years. And both graduated uh, engineering degrees. Both started Corporate America in, J- in January of 2018. During that time, we both learned that we wanted to start getting into real estate. And we uh, started having conversations about what we were learning within real estate. Started having those conversations for the next year. Mm-hmm. Both bought a house, like houses in our respective areas that we did, that's the, the house hack strategy. Mm-hmm. And we just kept on having those conversations. In April, I guess March, April of 2019, his sister talked uh, was talking to him. And she had said, why don't you and Marlon start a podcast? Like, y'all talk about this stuff every day. And nobody else in your friend's circle is can have that conversation with y'all because they don't know it. They don't know that information. Got you. And so and he, he brought that uh, idea to me in April of 2019. And I was like, man, I got a thesis to write. <laughs> I got homework to do. We doing real estate still. I'm like, it's a lot of stuff, man. But I see I, I knew at that time one thing that I was always passionate about. I wanted to help other people like it's because I've been so impacted by 
the knowledge that I uh, we were gaining that I wanted to help other people do it. So that's where that so that fire was already there, mm-hmm. and I wanted to pursue wanted to pursue it um, through the podcast, and I knew that's what I would be able to do. I just had to t- take like a li- limited role in the beginning because I just didn't want to have that much commitment on my plate. Mm. And you were at Purdue at the time. Yep. The interesting about it is like even when you started to do the podcast and you started to do your entrepreneurial endeavors, you were already on your way to your master's, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about the fact that you have this education, of course, like everything has its purpose, right? There's no regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that you have your master's in engineering, do you ha- do you foresee any value or being able to circle back around that? Or is it just like, I did it, it's done, yay me, <laughs> never again. <laughs> to be honest, this is a story that, um, my advisor back when I was at Purdue, so um, as a researcher, you have an advisor, and um, he's very good with people. That's one thing I, I think that's an experience in itself. But um, <laughs> he had mentioned one time at lunch, he was like, so Marlon, how long do you think it'll be before you're not an engineer? I said, wow, <laughs> to hear that question. He says like, it's the writings on the wall, like you're not going down this path for too much longer. Ooh. At that time, I think I told him, like, first, I was still shocked by the question, but I think I said, like, 10 years would probably be it. End up being, like, one or two <laughs> in reality. Yeah. But um, I guess I don't I don't foresee myself using the, the degree as much because I, I know that there's way more impact that I can have outside of there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, even when my, when, when um, I was first told about the podcast, when uh, he mentioned, and like, I got, got, got that got it mentioned to me, I was already saying that's leading me where I want to go, which is impacting people through like utilizing my voice. Even though I stuttered like crazy back then and I could not speak more than five words in a row without having to stutter or having to stop the conversation. So if anybody listens to the podcast, if you listen to episode one versus episode whatever we're at right now, it's a completely different person. I want to say y'all in the threes. No, no, we're not in the three. hundred. We did episode 109. Um, I guess episode one, based on the time we record this, is we did episode one hundred and nine most recently. I got you. Um, but yeah, do you? So it, you make your decisions very matter of fact, right? <laughs> like you, you pretty much are like, I'm gonna do engineering. It's engineering podcast. Let's do the podcast Turo, Let's do the Turo. Did at any time did you ever get to a place in your career like the question that your mentor asked you? Like, mm-hmm. hey, so how long are you going to be uh, um, an engineer? That would have sent me on like a 30-day <laughs> reflection like, what do I want to do? Why did I spend my whole life being an Like, for me, I would have been like soul searching. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to a place where you didn't know what you were going to do with yourself? Mm. I mean, I always felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm. to be honest. Like I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. I always said engineer, but I had no certainty with it. I had, so I just knew I was going to stumble into it. But as far as it being where I, where I was meant to be, I never believed it. And I just kept going because I didn't know where else to go, really. Okay. That's really how I felt in that time. I may have looked very different from the outside. Yeah. But me internally, that's how I felt more so. Like, I'm going down this path. I can be good at a lot of stuff, but it doesn't mean that this is necessarily where I want to be or where I think I'm meant to be. Mm. And so I guess to answer that question, like I, there was a lot of uncertainty as far as like 
me being in there long term, like not knowing this is something I, w- I was meant for. Mm-hmm. And also last year, like I said, I was trying to start 10 different businesses at one time because I I think as, as a beginning entrepreneur, everybody may go through that because you haven't been experiencing You haven't experienced any of this before. Like I yeah. said, you need experiences to help you t- help tell yourself where do you want to end up at? Yeah. And if I just see, if I see trucking for the first time, along with rental cars, along with vending machines, I haven't experienced any of that before. So yeah. I'm gonna go try stuff out and figure out what I do and don't like. Mm-hmm. And once I find something that I like, something that I can see myself building and scaling, that's when I have more clarity to start going more more in depth into it. Facts. Yeah. One of the months, I think I think it was February. Well. February or March, I mean, January or February was like Millionaire Month. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there, the month after Millionaire Month, I believe it was like the Opportunity Zone. Mm, I remember the Opportunity Zone. Yes, that was a good one. The, the reason I remember it so vividly is because I think it helped me not get squirrel syndrome. Mm-hmm. He was like... Know what it is that you want. Like, write down what it is that you're looking for, looking to do. What do you want to learn? Because it's going to be so many people who show you, like, cool things. And you don't want to, like, just take on to everything. So, for me, I feel like that month saved me from that phase that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But I also, because of the person that I am, I like to explore things. I'm like, it would have been kind of cool to have, like, (laughs) T-shirt brand, trucking brand. Just because mm-hmm. I, it's interesting. I'm the type of person that'll say like, I learn from people. I learn from others' mistakes in a way. First, I learn from my own mistakes. Yeah. But because I'm a younger sibling, I learn from my brother's mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that month really like helped me not do that. I was like, I'm I'm not gonna do a t-shirt brand. I'm not gonna do any of this other stuff. I'm gonna just stay the coaching, and I'm just gonna do that. What was your like most impactful moment in the morning meetup? Mm, it's been a lot of impactful moments, first of all. Just but growth at the growth at the growth. Right? I'm going to say it wasn't the morning meetup. It's for you, if you're talking about most impactful, there's no day that's more impactful than February 28th. That's the first time I went to the content creation boot camp. Mm. So the morning meetup, um, Dave was m- mentioning how he's hosting a boot camp. Mm. He actually mentioned the first one back in January. I didn't go to that one because, like I said, I was living with my parents, with my, also with my two younger sisters, and COVID was rampant. It had no no vaccine, and I didn't want to be the one that brings COVID into my family household. Yeah. So I missed the first boot camp, and he was hosting. They was hosting another one, February twenty eighth. My dad was like, "Man, go. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your mom say. Don't care what your sisters say." go mm. this, I, and he knows how much like the morning meetup had, had meant to me at that by that moment and he says that this is opportunity that's not gonna be here forever go mm. best decision of my life because that day what i was learning about myself was that i had a lot of knowledge i had a lot of like i pretty much had, had a gift that i was not sharing with the world mm. because of my personal fear of like public speaking mm. my personal fear of um, rejection, personal fear of not not um, being an expert in my field or like what people may think or may see, like especially with stuttering. Like I was, I've been, a, I was, I stutter all the time, especially like, and I think my worst experience was probably in college. Mm. Was that I don't know why, but like I couldn't even talk to my friends because I would always like not. I think it had a lot to, to do with confidence because it was really just comes with confidence and 
what I'm saying and knowing that it's going to help somebody out. And that day, that wouldn't, the conversation wasn't even about that, but that's what I took away from it that day. And that is what, like, if you look at my personal Instagram page from February 28th and above versus February 28th and below, it's completely different. Yeah. Completely. And you will see that transformation. I'm not going to delete nothing from before then because I want people to see that there was a, there was a transformation that occurred yeah. between who I was before versus who I am today. Yeah. And that shows people that I'm just a person. Yeah. Going through personal development, just going through life, that allowed me to be able to grow to who I am today. It, you don't just, you're not just born that way. Some people may be, but not, not, it wasn't me. That's not my story. Yeah. And so February 28th, most impactful day of my life. That's the consecration boot camp. I remember on March 1st was when I wrote that first post about like the consecration boot camp. I was in the airport, getting ready to fly back to Houston. I'm telling you, I just broke down. Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank you all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast. And thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now let's get back to the episode. In the airport. I was, I was writing a post down because I was like, this is me finding my purpose. I'm seeing where God is leading me to because I know that person I am today moving forward is not who I was yesterday. Yeah. And that's what that day meant for me. That's amazing. I can see that you're a totally different person by some of the funnier uh, reels you do. <laughs> like your your personality yeah. comes out a, lo a lot more. Um, I don't know if I was captured before, but I know that I'm captured now. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yo, yeah, I can definitely see you stepping from behind like whatever that that veil was and, and stepping into a whole nother you. Mm -hmm. So in the in the vein of like growth, right? If you were to close your eyes, you might not have to close your eyes for <laughs> it. But, you know, this was only one level of growth for us, right? And I say us because I was right along with yeah. you. If you look <laughs> yeah. at mine before the content creation yeah, book, exactly. I was I was throwing up a couple of just, you know, pieces that I just wasn't sure what I was gonna do. Mm -hmm. Um but when you think about growth for yourself, right? There's a whole other person that you've never met before. Man, I'm excited to meet that guy. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to manifest, yeah. are you big on manifesting? Yes. Yeah, so it's it's a fine line for me. I'm like continue to do the action. Like I'm I'm in, I'm in a mix right now. I'm in a mixed uh, state mm -hmm. because, like I said, with the revenue goals versus activity goals. I've always been the person that just does the activity and yeah. ends up somewhere. Right, right, right. Like right. just with engineering, I was doing activity and I end up as a mechanical design engineer as opposed yeah. to saying this is where I want to get to yeah. and I need to backtrack what I need to be doing today mm -hmm. to achieve that goal by whatever day I set it for. Yeah. So I'm really in that in-between zone because before I would always say I'm doing what I need to do right now and the person I'm, go I'm going to become is going to, become, is going to result in the activity I'm doing today. Facts. But... So you're mm. kind of telling me, not it's, really. Yeah, you're kind of like that, me. That middle zone. Yeah. The logical side of your mind. Very much logical. Yeah. Well, it's very much so. And manifestation is not as logical. So what I will say is, the way I see it, mm -hmm. you know, you growing from stuttering and now being on reels and being more jovial with things. If we were to extrapolate that, right? Let's mm -hmm. talk logic forecast, right? <laughs> Let's talk a logical, logical. forecast, right? And if I were to extrapolate that growth, it's like, 
I can see you standing up on a stage, speaking mm-hmm. like with so much more power and just like, let me tell you about the day where, and, and that's a whole nother Marlin. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I feel like that's a whole nother Marlin, but you know, my, this is a logical forecast. I love it. You're trying to put it like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to make, like, let me cater to your brain, Mr. Logis- no, <laughs> logical I mean, person. But this is my brain too, I promise yeah. you. My coach, she literally, um, she might say, she might, we might be talking about something and she'll mm. say, how does that feel? And I'd be like, well, I think that she's like, no, 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 no. Just give me the feeling. The not feeling. The, not the logic. <laughs> and I'll be like, hmm. Yeah. Well, so I'm the same way, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of I resonate with it. For sure. Um, so I truly, I truly believe that with the um, past data that we have mm-hmm. about your life and then the current, um, you know, change that we're seeing in your life right now, I think it's, it's fair to say that you might actually like have like some, some motivational speaking <laughs> up in there, uh, something. So I've always been inspired by motivational speaking. Like I remember listening to ET back when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to his how um, um, how bad do you do you want it? Like um, how, do you, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, I listened yeah. to that every single game day, mm-hmm. every single one. Didn't miss mm-hmm. not one all through college. Always had that listened to. So I remember listening to him all the time and I was like, bro, I just, I love this. That, that's something that would just, I would love to be able to be doing that one day. Yeah. And I mean, back then I definitely wasn't that person. I wasn't about to talk in front of nobody, but it <laughs> always was something that definitely interests me because I think that that allows people to believe more for themselves. And like, I guess the personality, the crazy thing is that I think I've always had that personality, but I did not have it in social settings. So like as an introvert, I would always be very, very dramatic. And so now what I'm doing, well, what I'm doing on my page now is showing the same personality that I've always had, but just to a larger audience. Exactly. And so it's not like I'm really, I haven't changed in my perspective, but for everybody else who's seen me from the outside, they're like, oh, wow. Like I've actually had one of my, um, my college teammates, he has said, bro, I'm seeing a side of you that I never even saw when, back when I was in college with you for four years. Mm. I'm like, yeah, it's that's definitely factual because I never showed that externally. But me yeah. being dramatic, yeah. I'm very dramatic all the time. Like as far as me within myself or within my family. Yeah. But like the outside world may not see that until like I guess more recently now you actually see that side of me. Yeah, yeah. And we will see more. Very much more. <laughs> yeah. So I'm as I get more comfortable, it's gonna continue to um, to scale as well. So I'm. I would, that's one th- one of my biggest goals, like to start being on stages and being able to share my message and be able to, like I said, to motivate people to do more for themselves and dream bigger for themselves. Yeah. I guess one more thing is that my podcast co-host, he said that he was talking to like one of his sister's uh, friends and he had said something so profound to me. He said, man, well, he said something to him, to my podcast co-host. He was like, y'all are crazy, bro. Y'all actually go after y'all dreams. And I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. It's it's like, y'all actually pursue y'all dreams. And that's what I don't, I wish people would stop thinking like that. So I think somebody, they have almost be given permission to want more for their life rather than just accepting whatever life gives them, like pursuing more and not thinking that it's a bad thing to want more for your life. So Mm -hmm. if I can have any message that I can just continue to portray to people, it's going to be that. And that's where I think that I can really be able to impact the world from through the like talking on stages and speaking to more people. Yeah. 
So in in that in that vein, um, and and I really have enjoyed getting to know you on a different level. You know what I mean? Like one, we get to we get to sit on the couch together. Mm-hmm. Two, I get to ask you like, who's the man behind the notes? <laughs> you know, um, like you in the fact also. Well, you know what? There's so much more, but as it relates to um, your motivational speaking journey, sometimes I think about motivational speaking and I think about some of the greats who have like these crazy stories like mm-hmm. these you know E.T. eating out of the trash can right yeah. but then and we hear your story and you know one might look at it and be like oh this man had it made from the jump you know went from one cool thing to the next right um even hearing your your story overcoming stuttering that's a, a huge feat but even still sometimes like trash can Stuttering, like people comparing, like you know, yeah. even myself, I go, hmm, have I lived a hard, hard enough life? But I remember um, CJ, uh, ET's mm-hmm. mentor, saying like, you don't have to have this like crazy story in order to reach the souls and hearts and minds of people who need to change or who seek that freedom or whatever. So if you if you were to talk through, I know you said you know the message that you would you would read that you would always run with is like that freedom. Mm-hmm. When you think about your story, like, and you envision standing on stage, what are those heart wrenching, gut punching things that you rem- that you, like you don't know the half of Marlon Walls? Like, what are those things for you? That's what you you have some great questions. I'll, I'll start <laughs> off there. But um, I already told the one part of me going through going through my entire journey of getting into engineering and not really knowing that or not even believing that that was like my my destination like where, where god wanted me to go just going there just on the sake of pleasing everybody else to when somebody says what do you want to be when you grow up just picking engineering because everybody else thought it was that sounded cool that was one thing but more importantly i will say understand that i was a person that was like i said a 4.0 student for seven semesters in a row in college even though some people at college saw me as like this larger than life figure knew everything about everything Come to me for psychology, come to me for uh, history, come to me for English. Like he he know it all. I didn't. But um that's what that's that was perception. Mm-hmm. Also on a football team, um uh, started for like two and a half years uh there. So they put me on billboards, they put me in magazines all around the school, on a, on the campus, everywhere. They say, bro, be like Marlon. That's the guy to be like. He know like if you if there's a model student, model athlete, be like him. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that's my college experience. Get out into the real world. Like I said, I started my corporate America job in January of 2018, and two weeks into uh, into working, you get this thing called a paycheck. That paycheck, this is my first full-time job paycheck. Never had a full-time job before in my life because I was always playing football every summer, every winter, every fall break, every everything. So never had a, a job before. Mm. During that paycheck, you get these things. Um, at the Do you have a gross pay? You have a net pay. Didn't know what those two were. So I saw gross pay. I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. dang, that's a nice check right there. It's an engineering check. See, I knew I was in the right field. It worked out after all. It was a um, direct deposit, though, that I got into my account. So the, when I got into work that later that day, I saw gross pay. and But in my check, in my d- direct deposit was net pay. Mm-hmm. So I started looking into it. I'm like, yo, hold on a second. Why are these two numbers so far off? Like, what happened between that top number and that bottom number? So now I'm starting to investigate. Like, all right, let's look through this pay stub. Fed, 
Fed has a big number attached to it. Then there's state, another number, okay? OASDI, another number. Um, what was that? Med, another number. Okay, those those things right there, that took my money away right there. I, I got it now, okay. I'm pissed though. So I <laughs> called dad. First thing I think of, call dad. Yo, dad, man. I don't know what happened though, but these these old line items over here, they took money away from my account. I'm supposed to make this much, I make that much. So I'm trying to figure out like what happened between the two. So I see a Fed, I see state, I see all this other stuff. Why is that there? Oh man, those, what are you talking about? You talking about taxes? Hung up the phone <laughs> that day. I just uh, like if you ever see it in a movie where they just like shine a little spotlight on one person and they dim out the rest, that was me in that moment. <laughs> I'm so I'm sitting there to myself. This guy that thought that everybody told him he knew everything. 4.0 student for seven semesters in a row in college. Mm. People came to me thinking I knew everything. Knew, knows absolutely nothing about life. Yeah. So what if you, do you get a false sense of security that because you are a 4.0 student means that you're well-rounded and know everything, but you really don't know one thing really well, mm. which is engineering. So for me, it was, that was engineering physics. Mm. I can do that really well, but that doesn't mean you know everything. 4.0 sounds like it's cumulative. That's why people come to me from psychology or English, ask me questions about their field, but I'm like, I don't know that. But now I don't also don't know about the general life skills. Mm. I don't know about taxes. I also mm. don't know about, you understand, we got into real estate in 2020. No, not 2020, but 2018. After this uh, whole story about that, the only time I ever heard of the word real estate was through SpongeBob. What? What episode was that? Episode of Karate Island. <laughs> When they talked about buying real estate or timeshare at the end of the episode. Wow. Only time I ever heard the word real estate before. Okay. So that shows you how little I knew about life. any of the world of life yeah. outside of engineering. Mm -hmm. And if I can go learn everything from scratch, I'm talking about base zero, no, absolutely nothing. And then just say that I'm, I'm deciding, like I said, the word is decide. You yeah. have to decide in yourself that. Where you are today is not where you want to be in the future. It don't take matter how long it takes between today and now. Yeah. I'm starting today. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, my podcast co-host today, like um, back then, this is where our journey started because he had gave me a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, after I told him about that taxes story. Mm. He was like, man, this book talks about a lot of the stuff that we don't know as far as like life and finance, especially in financial realm. Mm -hmm. Talks about a lot of that stuff. I hadn't read a book since eighth grade. I got that book the next day. I went to Barnes and Noble for I but Barnes and Noble said, Welcome, we have never seen you before. <laughs> so walk in there, just like, wow, this is a crazy place. I said, I have a book I want to read called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, that's a great that's a good one. I've heard that heard that one before. Got that book, read the book in two days. Hadn't read a book since eighth grade though. Mm. After that, that is where the whole deciding factors, uh, the whole decision of I'm changing, that's yeah. where it really happened. Yeah. Because now I'm like, okay, there's a whole new way of life that we don't know about, and I want to start in, in that pursuit. Yeah. So I was even, but I didn't even realize how impactful or how much of a catalyst that was for everything. Because I was at, at work saying, hey, I got this new book. I got read Rich Dad Poor Dad. They, I heard a couple people say, oh, yeah, I read that book before. That was a pretty cool book. I'm like, well, y'all weren't impacted the same way. I don't know. Y'all reading the same book? Cause Facts. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Uh, yeah, because I'm like, I know I read that. And I'm I'm about to be out of here soon. <laughs> exactly. It's like, uh, you know, I hear you and I see your motivational speech. 
because I was that person mm-hmm. who 25 years old had the whole condo car paid off you know the, I love Neo's mess and the pen yeah. like the whole thing and I was like yo I ain't know all this existed out here never knew about homelessness never knew about volunteering never mm-hmm. knew about like things that existed outside of my little cocoon yep and as soon as I start listening to like Les Brown and things like that, you're like, oh, how can you be okay with living life like this? Mm-hmm. So I can see exactly who you're who you're speaking to, what you're speaking about. That's extremely powerful. And to be able to say that to people who don't even realize they're not living life, yep, is going to wake somebody up because we out here, especially when you go straight from college to corporate. Mm-hmm. And you start making six figures or close to it without ever hitting your touching your feet on the ground. It's like uh, when we're babies and like when you're a lap baby and they just like, <laughs> oh, you know, they never have to crawl anywhere. You're right. So it takes them a little longer to walk because people always want to pick the baby mm. up. It's like you go from security to security to security. So I think that's a powerful, powerful message. Yeah. So that's I forgot. I wanted to say something on that because understand that's what it was, is that I had to learn that, first of all, this is one of the sermons I give to my mom all the time now because she is somebody who's notorious for saying, oh, I already know that. Mm-hmm. She loves saying, I already know something. Like That's almost like a habit of saying, I already know. I, I told her one time, I said, no, you have an idea of, of what something is like, but you don't really know the details of it. So mm-hmm. that at least allows you to stop assume, stop not seeking information and now you are going to become a seeker of new information and you become a student all over again mm-hmm. most people stop learning once they graduate college or once they graduate high school and if they don't go to college yeah so now they just pretty much have plateaued on how much that they can grow per- and personally like the personal development hey guys it's ariel from the work and play podcast if you're getting any value from this channel and i mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel then i just ask that you do one thing please subscribe subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so i know what other things that you want to see next now let's get back to the episode they were plateaued because they stopped seeking education i became a eternal student from the moment that i realized i didn't know about those taxes mm-hmm. i was like bro there's there's no limit to how much i don't know yeah and i can continue to learn every, each and every day so yeah. i need to continue to surround myself with mentorship so in some type of form whether it's in books whether it's in podcasts whether it's through people whether it's through w- webinars something can pour into me to learn something new even though I was the 4.0 student that people thought knew everything. Yeah. I know nothing. Yeah. That's amazing. So the last thing I'm curious about uh, in this this phase, right, where we're talking about learning about life, um, 4.0, so you're super self-sufficient, smart, <laughs> um, capable, and you're learning about taxes, you're reading, you're growing, um, you're challenging yourself to branch out, you're going into entrepreneurship personally right socially um we get a glimpse of your personal life and that you have a lady and i feel like dating and um be finding a partner right is one of those things that challenges us as people Mm. to look at ourselves and grow as people so um one of the lessons i'm really curious about is as you learn about yourself and as you grow and as you challenge yourself um what are the pros and, and share cons, if you have any, of like 
having a spouse in this space of entrepreneurship where you're growing as an individual, but then you're also growing alongside someone? Like I said, great questions after great questions. (laughs) um, Pros is that you always have somebody that is rooting you on. I would say that's probably one of the biggest things is that there's not every, every day is not a great day as far as every day is not as great as the day before. Some days maybe you may have a low someday. So it's great to have a backbone that supports you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's great to have somebody that you can go to, especially with my with my lady. Like she, I would say that she has the mentality of like Dave Carnegie, like the how to win friends and influence people. And um, just having a mentality, like an entrepreneurial mentality. I think she has that innately mm. versus myself who had to learn everything. Got it. And so I can go to her and, and like ask like ask for guidance and something and something, and she would be very knowledgeable about like how to help and just saying like rein, rein it in, like it's not gonna be like this forever. Just think about like the purpose, think about like where you're going and stuff, and just understand that it's like a little small obstacle. So big pros to like me being able to lean to her in those situ in those moments of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. A con is that we started off. We started dating in high school. Gotcha. And so that's, uh, we've actually been together like eight years now. Mm-hmm. And so now you have to understand that you're growing together, but you're also experiencing different things. And that you may, that means your interest may change as well. So as far as like what you're interested in versus what she's interested in. Mm-hmm. And you have to find a way to continue to kindle your fire together despite growing in maybe different directions. But we're both, I, I would say for us, we're very fortunate because we both have a mentality of like, pursuing our dreams and like growing but there's people that have the exact opposite case where somebody like well the one person may like security and one person may have found entrepreneurship now and mm-hmm. started going a whole different route mm-hmm. and so if you have that case it may not be as fortunate as like ours where we can continue to grow together mm-hmm. y'all may start to grow apart mm-hmm. and so that's a, that would be one big challenge and i would say another especially with entrepreneurship the other biggest challenge is trying to find time to balance both that work and life balance, yeah. especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. because as you know, in entrepreneurship, it's a full time. It's not seven. It's not nine to five. It's Mm-mm. wake up to go to bed. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> so, like nine to nine, nine yeah. to one, nine to yeah. So you know exactly. Yeah. And so that's and now you have to build in that time to say I need to, this is if this is important to you, like as far as um that relationship. You have to build in time for it. Yeah. And so you have to be very intentional about it. And a lot of people will overlook that. And that's why they will end up divorced. Mm-hmm. Or that's why they will end up like in unhappy relationships because they focus so much in one area that they neglected another. Facts. You summed that up really well. <laughs> <laughs> for a lot of us who are out here, you know, still um, working on our journey in entrepreneurship and so wanting to find a soulmate in this space, I think entre- the entrepreneurial spirit um, fuel some relationships and it kills some relationships. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's just something to also consider as we we learn more about ourselves. Like for me, dating was one of those things that was like, I'm, I don't think I've had a boyfriend. I've just been living my little corporate life. And as soon as I, I quit my job, I ended up getting a boyfriend. I was just like, hmm, we're going to see what this is like. <laughs> yeah, oh, first time for everything. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And it was just like a culture shock for you as far as like your day-to-day living. Because yeah. it's like, I haven't involved another person in my life now. Facts. Hold on a second. Yeah, mm-hmm. for real. Like yeah, to, to have to consider if somebody's eating um, to call somebody or yes. check in. It's and a new way. It's a different way of living. you just like, oh. So, yeah. And as an entrepreneur, 
you know, working is a new way of life. Mm-hmm. So to have someone who respects that is oh, also Oh man, cool. that's telling you that's so big, man. Like I'm very fortunate to have the person I have. Yeah. Because of the fact that she is understanding mm-hmm. and she like I said, she's supportive regardless of like how much time I'm putting in, like she understands the bigger picture. Yeah. I'm telling you it's like innate for her versus myself. I had to I, that would, if it, the roles were reversed, for exa- perfect example, I might not have done as well as uh, if, like if she was the one pursuing it and I was the one that was just in corporate. Mm-hmm. It might be I think it would be different because I had to become the person um, that has the mentality I have today. Like I said, she was more so born like that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So different growth journeys. Mm-hmm. Well, Marlon, I have really enjoyed getting to know you on the couch today. <laughs> It was like, I'm glad I was, I'm glad we seized the moment. Yes, exactly. I think that's why I always capitalize on opportunities. Because yeah. that window of opportunity is short, just capitalize on it. I don't Absolutely. care what time it is. Right. Don't care what time right. it is. Right. Listen, so. I might care a little bit after seeing Okay, so with that, with that being said, um, if there's someone out there, well, first of all, thank you all for watching, right? For sure. Um, for one, I know you guys enjoyed Marlon's um, um, story. As well as, um, are you curious about how you can actually work with him? So if there's someone who's watching, they want to learn a little bit more about your journey or they want to know how they can get connected with you, work with you or become a client, how can they reach out to you? So, yeah, um, if anybody wants to just follow me on Instagram like that, our main platform is Instagram. So whether you're following me for my personal page, it's Deuce Walls, uh, D-E-U-C-E-W-A-L-L-S. Or if you can follow the podcast, if you want to just learn about like what we teach in financial literacy and business development, that's Money Monopolizers, M-O-N-E-Y-M-O-N-O-P-O-L-I-Z-E-R-S. If you want to tap in, like, into the rental car space and you want to start grow- scaling that way, we actually do teaching with that. So you can tap into our uh, course or masterclass or put, if we have one that's currently going on, that's going to be through Rebus, that's R-E-B-U-S, RebusRentalCars.com forward slash course. Or you can just tap into our, our short, shorter ebook, which is 10 ways on how to automate your rental car business by going to rebusrentalcars.com forward slash ebook. Perfect. And for those of you guys who didn't take notes, I'm going to have all of that in the description <laughs> below. So you can go ahead and, and click the link below so you can get tap into that course. All right. That's it. Well, thank you so much, Marlon, for joining us. I've been, it's been a pleasure. It's been definitely. awesome. And thank you all again for mm-hmm. watching. And until next week, we will see you all later. Peace.